Before we get started with this week's episode, I want to address the protests that are happening against racism and police brutality. We all know that Lord of the Rings isn't exactly a picture of diversity, but I want my listeners to know that I stand in solidarity with the Black communities who are experiencing a lifetime of pain and grief. As a white person, I can't comprehend the pain that Black people feel. The only thing I know is that the pain, fear, and anger I'm feeling now, watching the state of our country and my hometown, is just a fraction of what you carry with you every day. I encourage any of my white and non-Black listeners to do just that. Listen. Uplift Black voices, learn from them, and make changes to do better. I hope with all my heart that if you are hurting right now, that this episode will help you to feel better. Whether you need a break, a laugh, or you just want to feel like others are with you. Because I am. I'm with you. And remember that you deserve rest. You deserve to take a break every now and then. There's a metaphor or a saying that if your glass is empty, you can't pour into other people. So make sure you take some time to rest and recharge. A quick note that this episode was recorded on June 2nd, 2020. So if there's something that happened after the fact that we don't bring up or don't talk about, that's why. Now, before the episode begins, I want to take a moment to remember just a few of the Black men, women, and children who have been senselessly killed by police and to reflect on the hundreds of others that are no longer with their friends and family. And my apologies if I mispronounce anything. George Floyd. Breonna Taylor. Ahmaud Arbery. Atatiana Jefferson. Tamir Rice. Corinne Gaines, Trayvon Martin, Natasha McKenna, Eric Garner, Sandra Bland. Black Lives Matter. Stay safe, and if you are protesting, please wear a mask. W-B-N-E. Hello, and welcome to episode 49, all about the Pyre of Denethor. Chapter 7, Book 5 of The Return of the King, being the 49th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I'm joined by Beth Regals, author of The Kissing Booth. Welcome, Beth. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is really exciting because you are the first um, author that I have had on uh, the oh, podcast. Oh, wow. Not like I'm under immense amounts of pressure or anything. Then. No, no, no. <laughs> it's just fun to get, um, I've been wanting to get authors on to get that perspective of um, having written a, not that, that, that's not to say that my other guests who are writers and have not yet published a book aren't also authors, but you're a published author. So you kind of have uh, more experience and everything with, with what it's like to write a book and complete a story and, and write that narrative arc. So it's, uh, int- it'll be interesting to, I don't know, get that perspective 
Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the kissing booth, but it is like full of orcs and I focus a lot on the horses <laughs> throughout it. So I, I feel like I can really connect with JRR in this, you know. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, so tell, yeah, so obviously the kissing booth is pretty far off from <laughs> yeah, high fa- you know, fantasy world JRR Tolkien. So how did you, um, what is your experience with Lord of the Rings? So I kind of, I'm a big nerd and I always have been. Um, and the boyfriend I had when I was like 17 was horrified when he found out that one of the things I hadn't really seen or exposed myself to was Lord of the Rings. So he got copies of the extended editions of the DVDs and we spent a weekend just like binge watching them all. Um, and then I did try reading the first book like a year or so after the movies. And I just, I find it really hard going. But with Return of the King, which I've obviously been reading ready for the podcast, I've loved it. And I've seen the movies like time and time again they were my kind of go-to study movies when I was doing my degree to put on in the background because I mean they're like what 12 hours or something of film (laughs) yeah it's just nice easy nice and easy to like go along with and I knew the story and everything cool that's awesome yeah um is it since you um are I'm assuming you're British by your accent and where you live I didn't know if you I know that like the UK and everything has it's like well actually I'm so I'm Welsh so I'm really glad that you said British instead of English first okay (laughs) (laughs) um yeah like is it is is J.R.R. Tolkien like required reading or something over there for when you're growing up I don't know like that's just what I imagine so I feel like it's kind of in the same realm as Harry Potter in that everyone knows about it and mm-hmm. everyone is aware of the characters and some of the main quotes and things like that. So even my like my mum is not into kind of fandom culture or anything like that at all. Um, like she's barely seen Harry Potter and yet she she knows all about Gollum. She knows who he is. <laughs> she knows about the ring. <laughs> That's about as much as I could say when I started this. <laughs> this thing so and now I know a lot more so yeah yeah so this chapter is the pyre of Denethor it's a very Mm -hmm. short chapter (laughs) yeah (laughs) where basically like one giant thing happens and that's it as opposed to the previous chapter where there were a lot of things that happened um (laughs) Eowyn killed the witch king um with the help of Mary Theoden died Aragorn and everyone else showed up and they won the battle. Like a lot happened there. This one, it's just one thing that I personally think, and I made fun of this at the start of this book. Um, the name of the the title of this chapter, I feel like kind of gives away what happens. <laughs> yeah, just just like ever so slightly. <laughs> the pyre and I would bring this up every now and then to my my guests you know who are you know trying their best not to give anything away you know (laughs) neither confirm nor deny are like I don't know if he's gonna die interesting and I'm like (laughs) okay we'll see what happens I will be very surprised if Denethor survives the chapter the pyre of Denethor and (laughs) spoiler alert he does not in the most dramatic fashion oh, oh, the man. most dramatic <laughs> i have like one of my notes for that was just big scorpio energy <laughs> it's really funny you say that because i saw some 
like horoscope thing. It was like the signs as Lord of the Rings characters. And oh, I'm, wow. in, I'm in Aries and they listed Denethor as the Aries. <laughs> and I kind of get it because of this. Because Aries is like the fire of the fire signs. Yeah. Okay. So I, can see that. Yeah. I think maybe literally I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It is also mad Scorpio energy. <laughs> um, so, but before we get to that, so this chapter uh, starts off with where I think it was two chapters ago. No, three. Yeah. No. Maybe three chapters yeah. ago. Ch- um, chapter four? Yeah. Yes, Siege that's it. Chapter four. Yeah. yeah. The Siege of Gondor chapter ended with Pippin running out onto the battlefield and going to find Gandalf to save Denethor and Faramir. Um, because obviously, mm-hmm. as I have made fun of Denethor multiple times, Faramir is still very much alive. And Denethor yep. is just very... Much just crazy? Yes. Is putting it lightly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Pippin goes out to find Gandalf on the battlefield and get his help. And that is when they see the Witch King. And then Rohan shows up. And it's a whole thing. And Pippin is like, Gandalf, you have to come help. This is crazy. <laughs> and typical Gandalf fashion goes. He like stops and surveys the land. And he goes, I must go. And I'm like, really, Gandalf? <laughs> We need has you. to tell him like three times, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He really has to press him and be like, Faramir. So Faramir, he's not dead, but he's about to be. Because Denethor, who is also not dead and is also about to be dead, is going to kill them all. You have to come help. And Gandalf really like sits there and thinks about it for a minute. Yeah, it's like his own personal trolley problem or something, isn't it? You are driving a trolley when the brakes fail and on the track ahead of you are five workmen that you will run over. Now, you can steer to another track, but on that track is one person you would kill instead of the five. What do you do? Yes, yes, that's a great, that's a great reference for this because Gandalf's concern here is that um, if he leaves to go help Faramir and Denethor, that the rest of the battle, like, just go to Shire and and they really need him on the battlefield. And at this point, the Witch King is not dead uh, because the things that were happening in the yeah. previous chapter are happening simultaneously with this chapter. And obviously, Gandalf doesn't know that Eowyn is there to fulfill this prophecy. <laughs> and notably being not a man. Yeah, definitely not a man is fulfilling this <laughs> prophecy with a hobbit who is also not a man. Although, I guess, like, does Gandalf being a wizard count as not a man? Hmm. I don't know. That is that is tricky now that I think I about like this. I feel like there's probably a, a, like a definite answer somewhere on, like, Lord of the Rings wiki that's like, no. Because also, then, by that logic, does that mean that, like, an elf could kill him? Because if well, that's what I was wondering. The Hobbit, hmm, or like that's Gimli? a good question. Yeah, Gimli oh, we're could. Ask, it... We're probably like asking the obvious, and I've just not ever looked into the. No, <laughs> that's no, that's a. I have not ever considered that, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
Because, like, Gimli easily could... Because, like, what's the... Di- if 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 the only loophole is um, not by the hand of man, and we're going to say that hobbits aren't men, they are a different race? Is that the word? Yeah. Species? I don't they, they, know. <laughs> they're not... Well, they're, I mean, they're just not the men of Middle-earth. Capital yeah. So I, guess, so I guess this, like, prophecy, this... Um, you know, tale that's been passed down isn't as exclusive as we originally thought, where we were like, oh, no, not by the hand of man shall he fall. And originally it's like, oh, so not that many people are going to be able to kill him. But actually it's like, no, literally anyone except, so el- <laughs> like elves, wizards, dwarves, anyone except for Aragorn, basically, could I mean, come in and kill him. what about those mountain men that helped them through the past? Would they have counted? I feel like I've opened a whole can of worms and there's probably the really simple answer somewhere that's just no, but... <laughs> I can't wait. Well, that's what's fun about this podcast is that you will get an answer. And oh, I, can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the answer. I can't look up the answer for risk of being spoiled. I'm very close yeah. to getting to a point where I can look up stuff and that's very <laughs> exciting, but... That's a great, no, that's a great point. You've really stumped me because I totally agree with you that it easily could be Gandalf. I think the only thing is, though, is that in the Siege of Gondor chapter, when they're talking about the Witch King, I think he does, Gandalf does say, like, this is a power beyond me. Um, I'm not going to be able to do this. And I think it also, um, at the end of that chapter, when they're kind of squaring up, I think the language describing the the scene kind of sets up the situation that this is beyond Gandalf and he's not going to yeah. be able to do this. But I think he's still in this mindset right now of, I have to at least try um, because... Yeah, spare the people I can at least. Yeah, but trolley problem. That's Yeah, so that, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that's how that original thing happened is this is his own personal trolley problem of does he go to save Faramir and Denethor or does he go to battle and potentially save hundreds of other lives? I feel like Pippin at the start of this chapter is very much like, look, I know there's this huge battle, but Boromir died for me. So now I've got to <laughs> save his brother. So you have to come and help and ignore everything else that's going on right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like, I know this is important, but also Faramir. We love him. <laughs> <laughs> this one dude. <laughs> He's very important to the mission, which I agree with. Um, yeah. And Gandalf does eventually, to his credit, I I was really mad at the beginning because I was like, oh my god, he's going to peace out and he's going to leave Pippin (laughs) to solve this issue and it's not going to end well. And that's why this chapter is called The Pyre of Denethor is because Gandalf (laughs) left Pippin to deal with it. But no, to his credit, he does go with Pippin back into the city. Um, Yeah. And they go to the graveyard area where they had been the what like mausoleum for yeah the, the crypts so yeah the, was it the, the house of the dead yeah house I of the dead that's it, it. house of the dead Rath yes D- Rathdenan Rathdenan I don't know how you how you say it but yeah I know I never know how to say anything in this series well my default has been if I can't pronounce it try and do it with a Welsh accent. <laughs> <laughs> because then at least it sounds a bit cooler. Like, Rathdenan. Oh, I should mention, you are also the first guest 
who has any accent at all that differs from an American accent. So (laughs) you are like literally anything you say, I'm sure is already going to sound cool to the listeners, just like just by default. (laughs) Well, the way I say it would be like basically the way J.R.R. would have said it. So yeah, this is that see, listen, this is as close to the source material as we could get. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, yeah, so they go to the House of the Dead, and they find, or I should say, on their way there, they see that one of the 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 porter who had the keys who had the keys for this area for this gate had been killed, and they're like, yeah. "Okay, that's a dead body. That's not good." <laughs> Someone's I feel like dead. it's also time to say that he sends Shadow Fax off for a little rest. Yes, the horses are always so important. Of course. Our homeboy Shadowfax, yeah, Gandalf um, rides him and then is like, all right, Shadowfax, go to the stable, go rest. It's a dangerous situation here. Um, And at the House of the Stewards, where previously, I always, it's always, right now in the story, I really feel like an old-timey radio announcer or something where I'm like, previously (laughs) on Return of the King. Where we last left Denethor and Faramir, Denethor had gone insane and laid his very much alive son in a crypt to be burned alive, despite the fact that he is definitely still alive. (laughs) Um, So that's where they arrive and they find Baragond is guarding the door and fending off people trying to get in who are trying to obey Denethor's orders of, hey, set everything on fire. Great orders yes. from Denethor. This is also to Beargon's credit because when Pippin left, when Pippin left the city to go find Gandalf, he ran into Beargon and said, "Hey, you need to go stop this. I know that that's like disobeying your orders, and you would be abandoning your post. But it's either that, or your lord is going to die." And Pippin doesn't have time to sit there and debate with him and so he has to run off and he tells Gandalf he's like well Baragond might not you know they might already be dead because who knows if Baragond did anything or not so to Baragond's credit he did he um stood up and is fighting off these guys trying to get in and kill Denethor and Faramir <laughs> I think that's one of the ways because like, I really love Pippin as a character he's like one of my favorites if not like just my favorite full stop like that was one of the the lines that I thought, oh, this is so, like, this is such a great show of Pippin's character when he says to Baragond, um, I wrote it down here, uh, well, you must choose between orders and the life of Faramir, said Pippin, and as for orders, I think you have a madman to deal with, not a lord. And he's just trying to, like, drive into Baragond that, you know, I get that this is a big deal and it's a huge honour to be a guard of the city, but there are bigger things at stake right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I also love I love that line of like, well, I know that you're supposed to obey your lord, but he's not really much of a lord right now. He's yeah. insane, like criminally insane. I love that he kind of uses Faramir as a point because you know Faramir is his lord as well. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's true. Yeah, but yeah, because I literally gasped out loud though when I when I read that Baragon was like fending off against these this, <laughs> these other servants. I was like, yes. Go. Yeah, let me read. Um, let me read that section when they come upon him. 
Um, but alone in the porch upon the topmost step stood Baragond, clad in the black and silver of the guard, and he held the door against them. Two of them had already fallen to his sword, staining the hollows with their, with their blood, and the others cursed him, calling him outlaw and traitor to his master. Very, like, heroic moment for Baragond. Yeah. For this random, who, like, I have to remind myself, we, like, literally just met him technically, <laughs> like the day before or something you know in the in the realm of this story <laughs> yeah i don't want to spoil the movies but based on my previous knowledge i i'll say i did not have a great attachment to the character of baragond but by this point i was like yes go yeah One of go. the best people in this book <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so gandalf comes running in the doors eventually get pushed open and they go inside and it says, but Gandalf sprang up the steps and the men fell back from him and covered their eyes for his coming was like the incoming of a white light into a dark place. And he came with great anger. Um, oh, it's just that they haven't gotten inside yet. Wait, no. Yes. So like, I think Denethor is standing there like outside. Cause he Denethor's on the other side, the door behind Baragond, isn't he? Yeah. Cause he, they ask, Gandalf asks Denethor, who is kind of, like, shaken, because Gandalf is coming in, like, hard and fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's not normally like this, or at least Denethor hasn't seen him like this. And they're like, where is Faramir? And he says, he lies within, burning, already burning. They have set a fire in his flesh. And they're all kind of looking around like there is no fire. So obviously, Denethor's lost it. And he's like... I, I compared it to in Macbeth, what happens at the end with Lady Macbeth and how she yeah. loses it and she's, you know, out damned spot and she's imagining the blood on her hands and Denethor is almost like already seeing the flames and the fire that isn't even there. See, I read that one kind of different and I read it as, you know, he's like, oh, the f uh, you know, he's, he's already burning and Gandalf's like, wait, really? Am I too late? And he's just talking about like the fever that's set into Faramir, so he, you know he's as good as dead as as far as Denethor was concerned. But I like your way like so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um, I think you are still correct though in that like interpretation in the reading of this sense, that <laughs> that like Deneth to Denethor Faramir is as good as dead. He Denethor is like he might as well already be on fire because he's going to die. We're all going to die here. Um, and they run inside and see that Faramir is lying on top of a pile of wood and he's been covered and soaked in uh, oil, I guess fuel, yeah, is, is what it is. Yeah. Um, and they are like moments away from like going to light everything on fire. And, um, and Gandalf is... I don't know why I don't know why this image like makes me laugh, but like imagining a very all of a sudden like he's a very old, stern man, probably like like tall and gangly, yeah. and then all of a sudden like he jumps up and he like picks up Faramir <laughs> and he like just seems all of a sudden in my head like really strong and like sprightly and light on his feet and it like totally goes against the image that I have in my head of him most of the time. Yeah, I know what you mean. It just felt a bit, a little bit extra, a little bit Denethor, really, I guess. Mm -hmm. And Faramir, obviously, is still alive. And they 
eventually get him out of there. Thankfully, that's what I was like. Whew. <laughs> okay, we can at least breathe because Faramir's out of here. Denethor is mad that obviously they took Faramir from him and they're trying to take him from him when he's trying to do the fatherly thing and kill them both. <laughs> you know, it's filled an action of love. Um, and uh, Gandalf is like, you can be with him, but only if we leave this place and get him help, then you can go sit with him. He says, for he must seek healing on the threshold of death and maybe find it not. Whereas your part is to go out to the battle of your city where maybe death, where maybe death awaits you. This you know in your heart. And this is when it's revealed that Denethor starts, he starts talking more about the battle and what he does and doesn't know and yeah. imminent doom. And this is the reveal that he pulls out the Palantir and it's all of a sudden like, oh, that's why you're absolutely insane. Yep. <laughs> you looked into the Palantir. So I wrote down, I, I kind of made myself a couple of notes on that and I was like, yeah, the Palantir explains a lot of Denethor's madness. It's like Sauron's personal fake news feed for him. <laughs> it is. He's just like twisting everything that Denethor sees or thinks he sees about what's going on. It is. It's like... Like he sees all these ships arriving. He's like, yeah, we're definitely lost because the ships are arriving. Not knowing that actually, you know, it's going to help turn the That's right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That, yeah, when he looks in the and he sees the ships arriving because the ships that Aragorn and presumably the army of the dead, even that, that was something that um, it's an episode, it's in the episode that at the time that we're recording this will come out tomorrow um, where yeah. Aragorn shows up and they're on the ships of the enemies, presumably with the army of the dead, but it doesn't actually specifically say like, and there was the army of the dead. So that was like <laughs> something interesting that I'll be, um, that I'll want to hear from like feedback from the listeners about whether or not like the army of the dead actually was with them. But anyway, yeah, he see, yeah, in the vision, he sees the ships of the enemies, but he doesn't know that they carry people who are going to be fighting for them, not against them. So that's great. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. Cause I didn't, I didn't like think about that. I'm trying to think of like anything else that might've been, you know, if you're just watching from afar, that might be different from how, you know, what you, what you take away from it is different from what actually happened. But I feel like that, that would be the main one. I think that's the main one. Cause it's the only one I've made a note of. And I guess everything else he sees is just going to be like, Oh no, all of these orcs are c and, you know, these men of the south are coming to battle us. Yeah. We haven't got the men. I don't think Rohan's going to come to our aid. Yeah, because at this point, he he still doesn't... Oh, that's right. Because messengers never made it um, back to Gon... Where are they now? Gondor. <laughs> with the word that, hey, Rohan's coming. Because they got... The messengers got and killed. And only just heard the horns from the rise yeah. of Rohan. So Denethor, like, like has hey. zero idea that they are here and things are going to be turning quickly, or at least soon. Um, because I think at this point in the story, yeah, because where they are right now, the Witch King hasn't even been killed yet because that happens um, after no. when they're walking away. So... Anyway, yeah, so it says, uh, I just want to read the part where it reveal, it's this, like, reveal. 
<laughs> then coming to the doorway, he drew aside the covering and lo, he had between his hands a palantir and has, as he held it up, it seemed to those that looked on that the globe began to glow with an inner flame so that the lean face of the Lord was lit with a red fire. And it seemed cut out of hard stone, sharp with black shadows, noble, proud, and terrible. His eyes glittered. And I'm like, damn, that's quite the imagery of you already have this, this dude, this character who's totally lost it. And then to have that of like his face is glowing red as he's looking into an orb of like the fires of Mordor or Sauron or whoever. It's very cool. I love that Denethor is just like a character of these big dramatic reveals, though, like when he reveals that he's got his armor on and everything under his cloak or robes. And then, you know, like when he throws open the door behind Baragond and then this bit. And then what happens after? Yeah, he's yep. <laughs> he is the that's what also partially like makes me think maybe that's why whatever post I read about, oh, the signs is Lord of the Rings characters. <laughs> Maybe that's why they assigned it to Ares because he's dramatic, but like I feel like that's not that's also not the only there there are signs that are like way more known for being way more dramatic than Ares are. So Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, he's he <laughs> I love it though. I love how dramatic he is and extra he oh, is. Yeah. Um despite the fact that like he's a very it's a very like short lived character. If that makes sense, like even though he's, you know, quote, you know, he's like been around this entire time. We've only got we only got to meet him for the first time in the first chapter of this book. And then like we've only seen like three chapters of this guy. Exactly. Yeah. So I like that he's had this effect of having he he really makes a (laughs) statement that Denethor, you know, statement is exactly the word for it. (laughs) He's not around for long. It's that, it's that quote of like, we're not here for a long time, we're here for a good time. Yeah. I feel like that's Denethor, where he's like, I might not be here any longer, so let's go out with a bang. Yep. I mean, even the way he like, he sort of jumps onto the table afterwards and stuff, that whole paragraph is just phenomenal. Because yeah. it, it is possibly the most dramatic thing I've ever read. And so he's talking, then he moves into talking about what he's seen in the Palantir, um, and he, I like, that. he says, Nay, I have seen more than thou knowest, gray fool, for thy hope is but ignorance. And he and Gandalf go back and forth a lot about, like, yeah. um, Gandalf is, is like, I promise you we have a better chance than you think, and even if we, like, aren't going to win, the only way that we are definitely going to lose is if you do exactly this. And just give up. Like, you have to at least try and fight before, you know, pronouncing your doom and your death. Because that's that's not made up yet. But I just love that Denethor calls him Grey Fool. Because that's very much Gandalf the Grey. Where now he's obviously Gandalf the White. And he is, you know, theoretically much more you know, older and wiser than Gandalf the Grey. So I like that Denethor kind of... Um, tries to get in, you know, one last dig at him. Yeah. To knock him down a couple pegs. (laughs) 
He tries. Yeah. So Denethor is then moving on to like attacking Gandalf and accusing him of like taking advantage of Denethor and tricking him. He says, so with the left hand, thou wouldst use me for a little while as a shield against Mordor and with the right, bring up this ranger of the north to supplant me. So this is where we we find out that Denethor knows kind of everything now so to speak that Gandalf yeah. is trying really hard to to hide from him yeah and he kind of blames it on Pippin a little bit doesn't he he's like got all the all the names of your whole gang off your little hobbit friend though <laughs> yeah poor Pippin he's he did his best um because <laughs> Gandalf is like you know gave him that warning when they first got there of okay try to like keep your mouth shut <laughs> don't say <laughs> anything you know only say exactly what you need to reveal don't say anything more because he doesn't know aragorn's name exactly yeah but i think we could i think pippin only stood he he didn't stand a very good chance then if like it's already hard enough for him to not reveal everything to like a regular person but this is denethor who is very um I don't want to say like manipulative. Maybe he is manipulative is also a good word. But like he had he definitely has ways of like getting information off of people um, inadvertently, like learning from them. And then also, of course, he has the Palantir. So poor Pippin didn't really stand a chance against another Palantir there, did he? (laughs) Nope, nope. Oh, and that's another thing that I should bring up is that like this is this reveal of the Palantir is very... Cool. It's like, yeah, it's another dramatic reveal, but it's also very cool <laughs> because Gandalf thought um, that they they were all gone. Um, I think he said, I can't remember yeah. if he says it later or if he said it earlier. Um, he says something a little bit later about, I'm trying to flick through my Kindle. I'm say there's like 11 of them, but I might be making that up. I think there's, no, maybe it is 11. Oh, I can't remember. Um, maybe he said, anyway, at some point... I think Gandalf says something like, I had wondered if there was a Palantir left in Gondor all this time. I thought they were, I thought they might have all been destroyed by now, but I guess not. So Gandalf isn't too surprised, but supposedly, other than the Palantir that, because at first I thought the one that Denethor pulled out was the Palantir that, um, that Pippin had looked at at the end of Two oh. Towers. But then I remembered that Aragorn took that Palantir because in like the second or third chapter of Return of the King, Aragorn looks into the Palantir and sees what could happen if he doesn't go raise the army of the dead. Yeah. So this is a totally like different Palantir that is like revealed to have survived all this time, but remained a secret still. Kind of. Yeah, hidden in, hidden in that tower where there is the, only the occasional burst of white light coming out of it. Yes, so that is the other kind of slowly, pu- you know, connecting the puzzle pieces and dots and bringing it together. Where in the Siege of Gondor chapter, they make a note that when Faramir is brought in and before, like, it's before Denethor snaps and loses it. Yeah. Everyone notes that there was a there was a like burst of light. And at the time I was kind of like, I'm sure it's some magic thing that I will learn about later. And then here it is. Yeah. I mean, 
I didn't know what it was either, to be honest. I was like, oh, what's he got? What's he doing? <laughs> it didn't even occur to me there was a Palantir there. Yeah. Um, I didn't, re- I don't think I realized that, like, apparently when you use the Palantir, there's this burst of light. Um, I don't know if maybe that's, like, just this one or all of them, but I feel like it didn't, I can't remember if it mentioned that with the other ones. Um, no. Because maybe if it if it had mentioned it when when like Aragorn uses it or when Pippin uses it, then maybe I would have been like tipped off earlier of like, oh, I wonder if Denethor has a Palantir. Unless it's just like the Palantir is like, you know what, we are dr- we are dealing with a drama queen here. This needs like a big flash of light and everything to yeah to, to do the magic. Yeah, worthy um, Denethor. <laughs> so uh, Gandalf is like, what is it? I just, I don't know, this line just sticks out to me with Denethor, where he's very stubborn and set in his ways. Uh, He says, I would have things as they were in all the days of my life, and in the days of my long fathers before me, to be the lord of this city in peace, and leave my chair to a son after me, who would be his own master and no wizard's pupil. So I think that's just kind of the last thing, like the last straw with him. Where he's like, I had this very different idea of how things were going to go. And this is not how I thought it would go. (laughs) So I'm going to light everything on fire. (laughs) I know, because it's the line after that that was the one that made me think, oh, this is some big Scorpio energy. It's where he says, but if doom denies this to me, then I will have naught. Neither life (laughs) diminished, nor love halved, nor honor abated. I was just like, damn. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like everything you say about leaving his leaving his chair to a son after him. He's not talking about Faramir. Yeah, he's talking about Boromir. Yeah, he, he keeps referring to Faramir as a wizard's pupil. Like it's ever since Faramir showed up. Yeah, he says um, it a couple of times in like the chapter of Siege of Gondor. I I just remember thinking like they we've barely seen them interact at this point. Like calm down. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't trust that Faramir would lead would lead the people in the land like I guess he imagined Boromir would. Yeah. Uh, what's coming to mind right now is the is like the saying, you know, it is better to have loved and lost than never have loved before. And Denethor would totally be like, well, I'm going to like destroy everything because I lost <laughs> something and no one is going to get to love or lose ever again. The end. Yep. And he's just... <laughs> Just um, building his pyre. <laughs> yeah. Gandalf says in response to this, to me, it would not seem that a steward who faithfully surrenders his charge is diminished in love or in honor, said Gandalf. But at the least, you shall not rob your son of his choice while his death is still in doubt. Um, basically, like, giving Denethor this one last chance. And Denethor gives his guards one more chance. He's like, join me. And they're all like, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he but I love that I love that Baragond is the only one who kind of decisively takes action as opposed to just being like, nah, nah I'm kinda of good over here. Yeah, he jumps up and to protect uh Faramir, uh Baragond yeah. spring forward and set himself before Faramir. Because I think he's like he's realizing that Denethor is about to do something pretty drastic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Swiftly, he snatched a torch from the hand of one and sprang back into the house. And everyone tries to run after him, but he shuts the doors and sets it on fire. The part that I'm about to read out is a 
little long. I'm going to actually, there's going to be like several points. There's like two or three more points that are long quotes, but like they're very good. So I want to read them. I have a feeling this is the same paragraph that I made it myself. So <laughs> you go for it. <laughs> Casting the pieces into the blaze, he bowed and laid himself on the table, clasping the palantir with both hands upon his breast. And it was said that ever after, if any man looked into that stone, unless he had a great strength of will to turn it to other purpose, he saw only two aged hands withering in flame. Gandalf, in grief and horror, turned his face away and closed the door. For a while, he stood in thought, silent upon the threshold while those outside heard the greedy roaring of the fire within. And then Denethor gave a great cry and afterwards spoke no more, nor was ever seen again by mortal men. Snap. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) And I was, you'll have to tell me about your reaction to this. Obviously, like you knew what was coming and what was happening. And even though like I had, you know, I had my suspicions. I was pretty sure I knew, you know, what was going to happen. I was like, he he really did it. He did it, y'all. He <laughs> went out with a bang. Like, literally. He literally. He did it. I just kept, like, I just kept sitting there, like, just saying, oh, my gosh. I can't believe he really just did that. That's incredible. <laughs> So this is a scene that I really like in the movie, but for completely different reasons to where I like it in the book now. Because it's just this imagery of Denethor leaping on the table, and then he snaps his stewardship staff in half and like throws that into the blaze as well. And then he just lies down in the fire. Yeah. I was like, how, like, how much do you have to really hate Gandalf right now and everything that's going on to be this stubborn? Well, the other thing is just that I don't, I don't really think, you know, he's, I don't think he's thinking very clearly, um, obviously, given like all of his actions leading up to this. And I think you have to be absolutely out of your mind to be able to lie lie down on a bed of flames and to be burnt alive. Um, And he's- I guess his madness is that greedy roaring of the fire within. Ooh, yeah. And- (laughs) Denethor gave a great cry and afterward also Tolkien does this a lot with characters he'll say like something 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 and was never again seen by mortal (laughs) men and like maybe if he used that phrase less I would be really like wowed by that but I'm pretty sure he uses it let me flip back I'm pretty sure he uses it when we meet the random like where is it in the Ride of the Rohirrim chapter, we meet the the wild men. Oh, it says never oh, to be yeah. seen by any writer of Rohan again. Okay, but like, <laughs> but that's a very you common could t- you could Tolkien phrase. You tell he really likes that kind of phrasing, <laughs> yeah. Um, Tolkien likes to be dramatic. I think that's where, I think, I think a lot of his like dramatic personality he put yeah. into creating Denethor. <laughs> I really like it this bit as well because it says Gandalf in grief and horror turned his face away. Like it feels like he thought he really had a chance of talking Denethor mm-hmm. around there, and this completely took him by surprise. Yeah, and given that he just like jumped up on the table and picked up Faramir and carried him away. Mm-hmm. Like he must be yeah. feeling pretty powerless right now, which you know for Gandalf is saying a lot. Yeah, definitely that he you know took this moment to be horrified, but also like 
it's it's like yes this is a very surprising moment but for for gandalf it's a very sad moment of like he he couldn't he just couldn't be saved yeah he was like too far gone as they're walking away this is so this is another really cool passage they uh are walking away to get faramir help um, and it says, But the servants of the Lord stood gazing as stricken men at the house of the dead. And even as Gandalf came to the end of Rathdenen, sure, there was a great noise. Looking back, they saw the dome of the house crack and smokes issue forth. And then with a rush and rumble of stone, it fell in a flurry of fire. But still unabated, the flames danced and flickered among the ruins. Then, in terror, the servants fled and followed Gandalf. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it just... Because they talk about the whole history of this House house of the Dead, don't they? And, like, how many previous stewards of Gondor, I think the kings before Mm -hmm. them, are buried there. And it just comes tumbling down around Denethor. Yeah, yeah. this, um, This is where, like, anyone you know, important in the, in Denethor's, you know, lineage or who had served Gondor had been laid to rest. And for that to be completely destroyed is, um, is like just a really, I'm sure I'm interested to see like if anyone, like what comments or repercussions there are about this. Um, because they're, one of my guests said that like there was some quote or, or saying or at some point someone says that like, oh, Gondor talks more lovingly about their dead than they do about their living because so many of their people have died. And so it's got to be like a very uh, intense like thing for them to be yeah. watching, you know, years and generations of people cr- like crumbling and just being ruined yeah, and no one's even going to notice it in the middle of this battle that's going on right now. Speaking of the battle, wow, what a great dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> Um They can obviously, he, you know, they know the battle's still going on and there's still, you know, war noises and, you know, screaming and everything. And they're going to the House of Healing. Well, I guess, so I guess just like a quick note. Um so when they go past the porter that had been killed, Baragond reveals that it was him who killed him. He's like, I feel really bad about it because I had to get his keys somehow. Anyway, <laughs> and then they keep moving. And I'm and G- Gandalf's just like, that's okay. It's, it's not your fault. It's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you try telling that to that man's family, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Gandalf gives command over to the Prince of Dol Amroth. Because um, obviously, Denethor is dead. Faramir is nearly dead. And uh, previously, Gandalf had kind of sort of been in command, but no one was really listening to him. So he gives command over to the Prince of Dol Amroth. And then they heard a great cry that went up from the field before the gate and rising shrill and piercing into the sky passed and died away on the wind. So terrible was the cry that for a moment all stood still. And yet when it had passed, suddenly their hearts were lifted up in such a hope as they had not known, since the darkness came out of the east. And it seemed to them that the light grew clear and the sun broke through the clouds. And that is when Eowyn kills the Witch King. 
Bam. Yep. <laughs> I really like as well. So just before that, they walk into the hazes of healing and there is a fleeting mention of women in the city. Yes. Um, the like I noted. Ten uh, women who were allowed to stay. <laughs> yeah. I said, I, I wrote rare mentions of women in the most fleeting of moments. I love those moments. I like to wave at them as they pass by. <laughs> Be like, hi, I support you. Thank you for... I, I like that there's, I like that there's this like throwaway mention of these women and then it's like, oh, and then the witch king dies. Yeah. Yeah. There dwelt a few women that had been permitted to remain in Minas Tirith since they were skilled in healing or in the service of the healers. Um, I also think it's funny that like, it's, you know, Tolkien probably couldn't have imagined the idea that, like, maybe the House of Healing in this time where it's, like, where they've sent everyone out of the city to seek refuge elsewhere, to Tolkien, it doesn't even cross his mind that, like, it could be men in the healing, in the House of Healing, you know? He's yeah. like, no, obviously it's the women. <laughs> yeah, there's not, not a chance there's men running that place. Although, to be fair, I did... Um, in last week's episode on on the Battle of Pelennor Field, we did profusely make fun of the fact that no one, like in these battles or anything, knows how to check a pulse because they're <laughs> always they're always like, oh no, I can't believe like it happen it happens when Frodo gets attacked by um Shelob. And Sam yeah. is like, oh my god, I can't believe Frodo's dead. And then the orcs <laughs> later on are like, he's still breathing. And I'm like, really, Sam? And everyone's like, oh no, Eowyn's dead. Wait, let's check using a sword. Yeah. Um, yeah, the prince who, I should mention the prince of Dol Amroth, who, he like just comes in and out of these chapters really randomly, like with these yeah. brief mentions. But he's the one in the previous chapter to say, Eowyn's still alive. Like, sure, she's wounded, but she's alive. <laughs> she's it kind not of grated on me, though, that section, because he's like, oh, because it says something about, like, he saw this great beauty, and then he's like, oh, wait, she's not dead. I was like, did did she have to be pretty for you to notice that? Yeah, or? I guess they were, like, <laughs> trying to, I don't know, think of her as being beautiful in death, as opposed to, like, just being really sad about her being dead, but, like, she's still alive. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I guess. I mean, it's good he's there. Otherwise, who knows what would have happened? Might yeah, have had another Pyre situation. Yeah, and now you know the leadership has been handed over to him. So that's good. You know, I trust. I don't know much about this dude, but like, I already trust him. <laughs> I trust him a lot yeah. more, and I think he'll do a lot better than Denethor was doing. So, <laughs> yeah. So they uh, go to the House of Healing. They hear. The Witch King being killed. And I like that they can feel that his presence is no longer there. Like he, yeah. or I should say, um, Gandalf does say that like, this is, um, the danger is still here and this darkness is still here and none of this is, you know, over yet. But I like that for this moment, they can feel that the Witch King's presence and darkness and like evilness has left has left them and is no longer over them. Yeah. So, I mean, as with most of this book, there's just so much like light and shadow imagery going on. I mean, mm -hmm. the chapter literally opens with something about a dark shadow. And, you know, you get Gandalf incoming, like a big beam of white light yeah. um, into the house of the dead. And then you get this bit where they're like, oh, and the, the light grew clear and the sun broke through the clouds. It's like, oh, finally. 
Yeah. Good. Sunrise. We can see the sun. The light is coming through at last. Yeah. Because they mention the sun like a bit earlier in the chapter, but they they're still like really sort of desolate and hopeless at that point. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, come on, Tolkien. Where's this like imagery I'm used to so far? Yeah. Where yeah. was the hope going with that? Um. Also, kind of similarly, um, when they're afterwards, kind of like sitting there decompressing for a bit. <laughs> um, Gandalf, is it Gandalf, or maybe it's Baragon? Is this no? I think it's Gandalf. Gandalf. Gandalf says, "Shall we weep or be glad?" And I think that's a very interesting line of like, this is a yeah. very bittersweet moment because they, um, the tides have turned for them. I don't think at this point they've like. Totally. I don't think at this point in the chapter, the battle is over yet. I think from their perspective where things things are still happening, but they at least know that the tides have turned. Um, yeah. They, but at the same time, it's now. still kind of um, tinged with this sadness over like a great loss that they've suffered. Yeah. I think for Gandalf's part as well, because me- I think he mentions it here where, you know, he might have stopped some, some of these deaths if he hadn't had to go, you know, sorting out Denethor's problems. Mm-hmm. And rescuing Faramir. Yeah, and to him, that's probably he's like, what a like what a waste because yeah. I like I left the battlefield and I wasn't even like totally successful. Like Denethor killed still set himself on fire and is dead, and Faramir yeah. could be dying. And what would have happened if I'd stayed on the battlefield? Um and this is when they talk about uh, Denethor and they kind of think back and they're like oh yeah come to M-. Baragon's like yeah come to think of it we have every now and then seen flashes of light coming from his tower interesting um, never and, wondered about that before yeah and Pip- yeah, Pippin says now I understand what seems so strange to me the lord went away from the room where Faramir lay and it was only when he returned that I first thought he was changed old and broken um and I think this is interesting. Oh, and another note that Gandalf says about Denethor with like in relation to the Palantir, he says, in the days of his wisdom, Denethor would not presume to use it to challenge Sauron, knowing the limits of his own strength. But his wisdom failed. And I fear that as the peril of his realm grew, he looked into the stone and was deceived far too often. And then further down, um, yet the vision of the great Yet the vision of the great might of Mordor that was shown to him fed him the despair of his heart until it overthrew his mind. And I think this is really interesting to bring up because Aragorn also looked into the Palantir and it uses similar language when he comes back to the group after having looked at the Palantir. It uses the similar language of he looks older and um, like he has a heavy like weight on him on and him. something's yeah. changed. And so it's interesting that like Aragorn also went through that, but it didn't to, to like see that the effect was so much heavier and greater on Denethor. Yeah. I guess, you know, it as well, because Denethor's the steward of Gondor and Aragorn is like the rightful king as well. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think it just speaks like a lot to Aragorn's strength that, yeah. that it hasn't, that it didn't ruin him. Um, I make fun of him that like, oh, he went a little bit emo there for <laughs> for a bit because of it. But it could have been worse. He could have... Yeah, rather that than like throw Legolas on a pie next to him or something, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, he could have got insane. 
and set himself <laughs> on fire. So let's be glad that didn't happen. Um, and then they all kind of like snap up out of it and are like, all right, there's still more to do. Let's go. Um, and the last sentence uh, of this chapter is, and even as they hastened on their way, the wind brought a gray rain and all the fires sank and there arose a great smoke before them. That's just like a really cool sentence because it's this, you know, it's a good thing that this rain is coming, but it's also not, it's not like a beautiful image of like gray smoke, a gray rain. Um, I know, but I do really love that the chapter, the pyre of Denethor (gasps) ends in this big plume of smoke. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's good. That's very cool. I didn't think about that. That's very cool. Now, now that I'm looking at the line again as well with the grey rain, and he calls Gandalf a grey fool. Maybe Gandalf is his rain. Yeah, I always... Yeah, my brain also always, like, whenever I read the word grey, because of Gandalf the grey, I'm always like, oh, this has got to be somehow in relation to him, so... Yeah, no one's... People don't seem to so, so much call him Gandalf the white as they did Gandalf the grey. It's because they... He... Gandalf, like... <laughs> did... Gandalf the grey was not exactly the friend of the people I think that like he wanted to be because he just like went around and caused mischief and chaos with everyone he ran into. And so then fireworks. Yeah, and now that he's getting off the white. Yeah. They're like, nah man. He's Mithrandia now. We're not just gonna forget what you did when you were getting off the gray. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man crazy so um that brings us to the end of this chapter beth was there anything that um like any thoughts or anything about the chapter that you didn't get to share or that we uh passed over i don't think so i think that was kind of everything that i made notes on or whatever it's it's just such a good chapter like you said it's so short and it's such a minor part of the story because it's just this kind of one scene where we've just seen like two chapters worth of big battles going on but it's such a good one. Mm-hmm. I really love as well because the books are kind of slow and the films are as well to some degree, but they're so character driven, which is what I really like in a story. Um, and this chapter is just like all character stuff. Yeah. So I just, I I really enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, I agree with you. It's, yeah, it's a really short chapter, but like it, it packs a punch. You know, it's like, though she be little, she be fierce, (laughs) is how I would summarize this chapter. (laughs) It's short, but it it's a good one. Yeah. Denethor is just the most. And I'm, you know, I mean, I'm I'm like a little bit sad that he's that he's gone now. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really even like take some time to be like, rest in peace. Rip, Denethor. No, we were all just too busy being like, oh, thank God Faramir is okay. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And also being like, wow, what a way to go. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> that that's how that's how you do it, folks. If you wanna if you ever wanna set yourself on fire, that's that's how you do it. <laughs> a literal blaze of glory. Well, Beth, is there um anything you would like to share with our audience, um, such as where people could find you on the internet or anything that you want to plug? Um Yeah, I wouldn't mind plugging the fact that I have another movie coming out on Netflix on July 24th. And if if people listening want to go and read the book before they watch the movie of The Kissing Booth 2, uh, the book is out. It's called The Kissing Booth 2 Going the Distance. And not that I'm biased or anything, but I 
you know, I'd, I'd recommend the book before the movie. <laughs> Not that I did that with Lord of the Rings, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if people want to go find me on Instagram, I'm at authorbethrecals, and I've been posting movie reviews on my Instagram stories, which are, like, really dorky, and I plan to do Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit sometime soon. Oh, very cool, very cool. Um, Yeah, it's funny what you say about, like, book before movie, except with Lord of the Rings, because I feel like truly that is the one exception because the books are just so like dense and detailed and yeah slow and the movies from what i hear are amazing so they're they're, i mean they're good but i was i put return of the king on um this evening like while i was having dinner and sort of rereading the chapter and like i said i've watched the movies a bunch of times and i really love them but then there's a scene with like denethor and faramir and, you know, I was recognising lines from the book and stuff. And I just thought, I felt so much more for Faramir when he's talking to his father than I kind of think I ever have when I've watched it before. Because I've, you know, just been reading the books now. Mm-hmm. So that was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always nice when movies, you know, come out of nowhere and pack a punch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's What I'm Talking About is a production of WB&E. Go to WB&E.org to learn more about other shows on the network like late to the party in a world not unlike our own it is a balmy 80 degrees in miami florida i'm chaotic neutral tiefling monk i don't recall there being tieflings in miami now you know the hammer toss isn't an actual hammer right it is in this universe okay no it's a, it's a big old it's a big old hammer it's a big old sledgehammer <laughs> where magic and monsters run rampant Kind of looks like a bug monster. Oh, Jordan has showed us a diagram of, uh, I think, Red Eye's Black Dragon from yeah. the Yu Gi Oh! Oh my god! Uh, well, I speak Infernal, so I'm gonna ask it what the heck it is. A real estate agent. Lily Davis, who sells real estate by day. A football coach. I love you. Don't touch my flowers. A failed actor. I am a former Broadway star. And a teenager. Sunny days, a student in college, crazy, right? Must save the world. And you're waving your clipboard back and forth and... Do I feel my clipboard connect with something? Coming March 23rd to WBNE. Late to the party. The cover is by Graphite, aka Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MC... Nope, that's not it. You can find me on Twitter at MC WhatsApp and Instagram at MC Turndown for What. And you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Tolkien About Pod, as well as join the Facebook group. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash Tolkien About Pod. This week's sponsor is Johan. Johan, thank you so much for your continued support of the podcast. I appreciate it. A lot. Um, you can also support the podcast by giving a super shout out. And what's a super shout out, you ask? Well, it's a message that I will say for you, either uh, an individual or a business. So let's say you are a person who sells coloring books, because coloring is great, y'all. It's very therapeutic. You can uh, promote that with a super shout out, or let's just say that you really want to tell the world that you think Wally should be a Disney princess. I agree. Eve too. Um, you can do that with a super shout out. So go to wbne.org and follow the link in the right corner to get your super shout out today. Um, the discussion question a few weeks ago was, what are you reading? You guys 
are doing a lot of reading and reading lots of books. I fully support that. A lot of you are reading The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is, shoot, I can't remember her name, Suzanne Collins' uh, new book uh, uh, in relation to The Hunger Games. I can't remember. It's a prequel, I think, if I remember correctly. Angelique is reading Starfish by Akimi John Bauman. Um, I haven't heard of that. I'll have to check that out. Luke is reading a Stephen King book. I've never in my life read a Stephen King book, so that's um, quite a feat already in my eyes, the eyes of the dragon. And then also a lot of people are reading um, Percy Jackson books because of the series that's coming to Disney Plus, question mark? I can't remember. Um, Anyway, so this week's discussion question is, what's a good dramatic death? that like sticks in your brain is being like, wow, that's a way to go. Obviously, spoiler warning, I think is an effect for things that are more uh, recent. So just proceed with caution for in that front. Um, But yeah, let me know on social media um, and you might have your answer read out uh, in a few episodes. So that being said, Beth, do you have any parting words for our audience? Um, oh God, I feel like I should come up with something really good. You should mind. (laughs) No, it's okay. fly you fools (laughs) and that's what i'm talking about